Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. There's a very interesting uh, development. Very interesting. And it comes from Austria. And we've talked about it, but we're going to speak about it in more detail now. And that is that Austria has locked down more than 2 million of its unvaccinated citizens. And that was as of this past Monday. Now, starting tomorrow, the rest of Austria, the rest of Austria's citizens and residents will go into lockdown, COVID lockdown, until probably around the middle of December. But the Chancellor of Austria has also said, the government in Vienna, has said that within three months, so by February, there will be national legislation which will require all Austrians to be vaccinated against COVID. Now, there have already been protests in the streets of Vienna about the the uh, lockdown of the unvaccinated. And yesterday, as you've probably seen in Rotterdam, there were riots. There was a lot of rioting going on as people uh, took to the streets in um, the violent objection to the COVID restrictions. But the situation, the story that I find particularly interesting is the one in Austria. Now, remember that 70% of Canadians have said that unvaccinated Canadians should lose their jobs or they won't feel too bad if the unvaccinated lost their jobs. That was Angus Reid polling. So let's talk about this, this whole situation uh, in Austria. And Germany, by the way, as well, they had some 48,000 infections, I think, on Friday, new infections, COVID infections. So they're talking about lockdowns. They're talking about restrictions as far as getting out to uh, public places is concerned, particularly for the unvaccinated. Dr. Rebecca Wiesmeg-Kammerlander joins us. She's a lecturer in German and European studies at King's College in London. She's also Austrian. Dr. Wiesmeg Kammerlander, thank you very much for the time. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm perfectly fine, thank you. I find it's just it, a really interesting topic, yeah. It is. And I find, you know, for some reason, I find, it, I find it almost compulsory these days to ask people how they are. I never did that before, but I do now. Yeah, it's important, I think it is. I mean, I live in the UK, so uh, things are a little bit easier for me here than they are would have been back home, I guess. Yeah, so, so as you look at the, the situation in... In your homeland of Austria, why the decision to lock down more than two million Austrians who are vaccinated, unvaccinated rather, at this particular time? What do, what do you think caused it, and what do you make of the response, the reaction by the national population? I think it's you know numbers are soaring, and we have um, the by far worst vaccination rate of Western Europe. So um, we are obviously the the people who are in the most need of actually changing things around. And I think there are a number of factors that play into that. For one thing, um, we are, of course, trying to hike up the vaccination rates and all kinds of different measures like um, incentivizing people to do so, trying to get information out and um, yeah, convincing people with facts and figures to get vaccinated has obviously not worked as well as we would have liked. And I think um, not locking down that particular part of the population is driving them, of course, to get vaccinated and numbers have picked up a bit after that. So I think that's one point. And I also think Austria, of course, and this is something that I do in my research as well, is very um, aware of its branding. And we've had a huge like damage to our to our national image being the um, starting point, really, of, of the pandemic in Europe with Ischgl, the ski resorts there. So I think it's really important as well to be reactive here real quick and to be, the, be at the forefront of new measures and get some positive feedback from the European community for that, I reckon. I wasn't aware that Austria was the starting point for uh, for COVID in Europe. I, I think a lot of us thought it was in uh, Italy, but Austria, 
It's well, there was um, there was a, a, re a really big cluster that happened in Ischgl, so Tyrol in, in Tyrolean ski resort, right. where people had been infected and the, the infection had apparently been known and they weren't like properly reported. So people who were there on holidays then took the virus back to, um, to, to the Netherlands, to Germany and spread it from there. And because the cluster wasn't reported in time, that kind of had a huge a huge aftermath really and was also picked up by the guardian and other international press for a while back then so that was a huge blow to the, the national image really there's so much has gone on with uh, with covid over the last 19 months 20 months and to try to remember how it all developed how it all started is sometimes a little challenging i remember reading a very small article uh, in a in an online newspaper in december of 2019 and it talked about an unknown virus that had appeared in China and that it was causing some level of a concern. And I remember reading that and thinking, oh, I should pay attention to that. And, of course, very quickly, the entire world was paying attention to it. Let me ask you this. Uh, so we have a national lockdown beginning tomorrow in Austria. The two million-plus unvaccinated Austrians locked down as of this past Monday. So tomorrow, the whole country, within three months, all Austrians must be vaccinated by federal law. How is that going to fly with the Austrian population? And why are Austrians, by and large, when compared to the rest of the European population, so resistant to the vaccine? I'm not quite sure how well it's going down. I mean, if you if you listen to interviews that have been carried out on the streets as well, like asking people, I think the, the resistance is kind of waning down a little bit because obviously we have um, 60 plus percent of the population vaccine. That's not enough, of course, but it is a substantial part of the um, of the citizenship, right? So people are kind of um, pro-vaccine um, by and large. But still, I reckon um, there's a huge prevalence of conspiracy theories that's going that's going around in the German-speaking lens and in Europe more general, I think, which is um, for some reason more prevalent in the German-speaking countries. But there are also very specific uh, structural issues in Austria that I think kind of also um, contribute quite significantly to skepticism to the vaccine, which is for one thing that um, while there have obviously been um, huge attempts made by a public broadcasting service like the ORF, so our national broadcasting um, channel, and um, good newspapers as well to put proper information and figures out. There's the issue of false, uh, of false balance reporting with people that are skeptic and vaccine deniers being on air and being able to have their voices heard, like Sujarit Bhakti, for example, a very infamous figure in the German-speaking context, who has been on um, a private news channel called Servus TV. That's um, run by Mataschitz, the guy who owns Red Bull, has has been there on has been on there quite a while and had chances to spread this misinformation. Then there's also um, our right wing party, the FPÖ, so the Freedom Party, with a party leader Kickel spewing misinformation all the time. So he's been also advertising um, the dewormer Ivermectin as a COVID cure, and people have been taking that and have been going to hospital over overdosing on this. He's also um, called for resistance against the safety measures and asked people to protest. But he himself has actually been tested positive for the virus last week and is in quarantine now. So these are things. And then there's also the self-stylization of the conservative Kurz ÖVP, so the former chancellor, who actually in June went out and said, well, the pandemic is over. It's done. And it's, it's been particular done for the vaccinated people. There will be no consequences anymore, mm -hmm. which I kind of think has also been underpinning people who thought, well, it's not that tragic anyway, so we can be careless now. Yeah. So if you, have, on, so you have a national population of just under, I think it's just under 10 million people. Yeah, exactly. In, in it's not Austria, huge. Right. So it's so it's just under 10 million, but you've had over 2 million who've been locked down as of this past Monday. The rest are going to be locked yeah. down as of tomorrow. And you're not expecting this to go over 
very well. Are you expecting it to be reasonably peaceful or something uh, a little less than peaceful? I'm actually expecting it to be still um, kind of peaceful because the past had shown we have had people um, pushing back against the lockdowns that we've had before. And it has been fairly peaceful so far, which I hope will, will carry on being the case. I don't see that there would be huge uprisings as we've seen in the Netherlands, mm-hmm. simply because there is no precedent for that in Austria. But um, we, of course, you cannot, you can either be, be really sure about that. So it's yeah. hard to predict the future, really. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.